Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Ivelisse, a.k.a. La Sicaria, and you're listening to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the most pro wrestling e podcast on the network. Hundred percent, that works. Yes, yeah, it is me, the Dan. Uh, I I need to come up with a better wrestling moniker. I, I I need to come up with a better working name. Yeah, we'll get that figured out. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have anything to offer to that, go to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash GMBMPW or any of our Twitter and Instagram pages at GMBMPW, and you can give Dan a new name if you want. Yes, please. I mean, I have. Okay. So, uh, uh, and by the way, that's the professor, Jimmy Bad Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we should probably intro you too. <laughs> People know who the hell you are at this point. Yeah, come but, on. Okay, so uh, I do have to tell you though, when I play like the WWE 2K games, the new one just came out. We got it from my oldest son. Of course, I played it. Um, I always make a character, and his working name is Wade Castle. My middle name is Wade. Yeah, and Castle because of the Punisher. Okay, so that was I my. Like that's that. always my working name on the video games. So there you go. Man, I dig both of those. Yeah, so. it's not bad, right? Yeah. I feel yeah. like I put that together pretty good. So, uh, okay. Uh, all of you out there, all you, you humanoids that saw that this episode came out and you didn't expect it to based on our, our dates and our times and such like that. That's because <laughs> this is a special interview episode. I right. know the last one was a special interview episode as well, but we kind of had a little more control over when to drop that one. This episode is brought to you by Captain's Corner. Jimmy, yes. please tell everyone about Captain's Corner. Captain's Corner, it's my buddy Nick. He's the preeminent number one virtual autograph and memorabilia shop on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Captain's Corner. The link to his show is going to be in our podcast notes, mm-hmm. so you guys go there at all times, and we're good to go with that. The cool thing about Nick is, is I met Nick through the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast, and Nick and I got a deal going with one another to where basically we do a co-promotion thing. So he has a show coming up. They come on our show or the Wolfie D show, and we talk to them about the upcoming event. Now, the cool thing about Nick is, is he sees so many guests like this month alone. He's had Glacier. He's had Bo Dallas. He's had Hector Guerrero. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, you know, he has tons. I've talked to Kevin Sullivan before because of him, uh, Henry Godwin because of him. He is always offering up options for me. The cool thing is a lot of the stuff that works for the Wolfie show obviously will work for the Wolfie show. If it's a thing that doesn't work for the Wolfie show, we have give me back my pro wrestling. So really Nick actually is going to be able to offer us more now because we can do more. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and and like you said, he was able to put us in connection with Ivelisse. And yeah. Yeah. for those of you that don't know her work, uh, she has been on uh, Lucha Underground. She had she was in one of these seasons of Tough Enough. We talked about it a little bit. Right. She was um, she was in uh, Shimmer Shine. Yep. Yep. She's yep. the champion yep. of Shine. Yep. Shine, uh, champion. I always say Shimmer still, but you know, I, know. I think of, I know. of a female wrestling organization. Uh, but Shine, she was a uh, champion there. Um, all over the place. We talk about her beginnings uh, back home in Puerto Rico and right. some of the, uh, not necessarily trainers, but some of the famous mentors that she had at the time. Right. And we talk about where she's at now and the future and legacy she wants to leave behind in the uh, awesome entertainment industry that is professional wrestling. Yeah. I so had a, passionate. Bl- yes. Had a, she really is. And we had a blast talking with her. So captain's corner sponsored this put us in contact with her he's got a virtual signing coming up with her that's why we're dropping this a little earlier not necessarily on our two-week schedule but that's all right Right. we will come out with another episode on the regular schedule not a problem there right um there's plenty of stuff to talk about in the world of professional wrestling so we're going to get to the interview first but since we did the interview just happened today as the day of this recording we lost the we lost scott hall um in the world of professional wrestling and um it's one of those ones where i never met scott hall and but he was one of those um entertainers and talents that i think touched a lot of people through the television type of thing you know what i mean Totally. totally um yeah so my first real introduction with him of course was the razor ramon character in the wwf and right right. i instantly gravitated towards that character the bad guy i i absolutely loved the the toothpick in the face the whole nines of the character itself the gimmick was i think fantastic i really enjoyed it um jimmy did you were you first introduced with him that way or the previous his previous work um uh coming out of the south I actually saw him uh, wrestle in AWA as Big Scott Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, He had been like, I can't remember. It was like something like Big Sky Coyote or something. Something like Uh, that, yes. A cowboy gimmick, essentially. Yeah, yeah. it was like a space cowboy kind of deal, but it was definitely (laughs) a cowboy gimmick. But yeah, I remember seeing him as Big Scott Hall when he was tag teaming with Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. And then I remember seeing him as diamond stud so Mm -hmm. diamond stud in the wcw was what i would consider almost the perfect gimmick for him now that you bring it up i probably i do remember him as the diamond stud before razor but i didn't as a kid i didn't put the two together right right you wouldn't because they're so different but they're very similar actually once you notice them but they are very different he didn't do the accent but he was like Mm -hmm. super macho i say this a lot but honestly If you were to ask a person to draw a professional wrestler, Scott Hall is one of the people that you would be drawing. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I know we've said that about Hogan. We've said that about Sid. Uh, Sid truly is one of those types. But honestly, Scott Hall, he was like 6'6", had great looks, super cool, like style about him. Honestly, 
really just one of the coolest pro wrestlers ever. Honestly, you know, a lot of people give you a honky tonk man or, or Coco beware. Those are not necessarily cool characters, you know, mm. but with Scott Hall, that dude, man, he was cool as the other side of the pillow, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, and you were talking about like, yeah, he was a man's man, you know, totally. like yeah. when he was big Scott, he had the big cowboy mustache, you know, he, you yeah. know, he, he looked like a man's man. And then as, totally. as razor, like you said, okay. The diamond stud had swagger, right. the bad guy had muchismo, muchismo, man. <laughs> <laughs> so loved them both. Uh, and then uh, what he did with big Kev going to oh. WCW, the NWO changed the industry forever. Yeah. The work there. Totally. Um, by the way, and, let me say something, Dan, real quick. My please, cousin, please. my yeah, my cousin Mason, who's like my little brother, literally, came to me after our first podcast, and he liked, he's a huge Piper Mark, you know, Piper's his favorite, of course, but he was like, where was the outsiders on your tag team list? And I get that. I just didn't think their tag team career was up to par of some of the teams that we put on there. And I don't want to divert you from what you were about to no, say. No, 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 no. But I wanted to shout out my little bro, Mason. He said we missed out on the outside. You, you know what? He's right. The outsiders uh, were a big deal. But in the overall longevity of all the other tag teams that we put in there, that's why I would have left them out, I think. Totally. Yeah, yeah I agree. If they would have been the outsiders in WWE and WCW, hell, sure. man, sure. they may be at the top, you know? So the, you know, and, and to this day still, the Razor Ramon music. fabulous to walk you know the 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 thing that his his pump up he would do with the arms and throw them out and the fireworks behind him it was all just fantastic and then and then he goes to w wcw he goes to wcw with the nwo and almost becomes i don't want to say the mouthpiece because that was bischoff and stuff obviously but like a staple mic worker when it came to the you know Hey yo. Hey yo. I mean, hey. that got over like gangbusters. Survey time. Did all you people come to see WCW? Or did all you people come to see the Pretty close, but that's one more for the good guy. Um, you know, so all of his in-ring stuff, fantastic. His out-of-the-ring stuff, not so great. He, of course, we all know he had his demons, sure. and um, we all know he had a, some really hard times, um, personally. Right. Uh, look, I don't know if DDP will ever hear this podcast, but if he does, if you do, thank you so much for being a incredible human being, reaching out to someone who needed help, yeah. and helping got to the point to where he was able to fulfill the dreams and fulfill i think where he absolutely belongs in the hall of fame 
And oh, yeah. Totally. Being able to deliver one of the absolute best lines ever. In my lifetime, I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. It's a loss that I think a lot of people will feel. Totally. Um, and I can't uh, imagine what Kev and Sean Waltman are going through right now, honestly. I mean, I can because I've lost a best friend. I have. Sure, um, sure. But at the but, same time, you know. Him, uh, I mean, them, Dallas. Right. You know, um, you know, and Dallas, you're right. Dallas is possibly the most positive person I've ever heard in my life. He's like so much positivity that he doesn't have room for negativity. He even told, I think Jake, the snake, I recently heard an interview. Jake, the snake was wearing a skid row t-shirt or something. I don't know. Uh, It said something kind of old albums or something. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) DDP's like, yo, man, that's so negative, bro. And Jake's like, I'm wearing what I feel inside, you know, and, and y'all can judge my uh, accents later, but <laughs> DDP's like, bro, you gotta do something positive, man. He is super positive. You know, the cool thing I noticed, and I don't want to get off on another topic here, but I did notice that he's now helping Buff Bagwell right now. Yes, so I, I saw that as well. Props yep. to him. Props yep. to him on never my favorite wrestler, but hey, any of them that need it, it's awesome to see. So Any human being that needs help, I love the fact that he will reach out to them. And you know what? And, and not that we're even in the same category, but if anyone ever needs help, if you feel like you're at your wits end, if you feel like that's there's nowhere else to turn and you just want to talk to somebody, reach out to me through our socials. And, and right. I'm more than happy you know, to talk with you. I, I've been at the end of the rope a few times. I understand exactly, you know, what, what's going on sometimes. But anyway, yeah. DDP, fabulous human being. Thank you for, for uh, as a fan, thank you for helping Scott so that we were able to have these moments with him. Uh, right. Before right. before things. So yeah. anyway, all right. Uh, let's get off that topic and get back on to today's main show topic, of course, the interview with Ivelisse. Yeah. Um, again, a great conversation, had a lot of fun talking with her. Um, and I really enjoyed delving into some, some non mat based questions. Yeah. I really, I really thought it was good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they're going to enjoy it. Definitely. So, okay. We're going to do a quick commercial. When we come back, we're going to start up our interview with Ivelisse here on give me back my pro wrestling. Are you a pro wrestling fan? Well, stop by Captain's Corner where you can get autographed photos, cards, magazines, and figures from all of your favorite wrestling superstars of the past, present, and future. You'll also be able to participate in live signings in the weeks and months to come. Make sure to stop by Captain's Corner on Facebook and give us a holler. Remember, cheers to the working man. 
Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D, every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famer on the show with us. Every Monday at noon, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. All right, everyone, we have a very special guest with us this week, and without further ado, we're going to get right into it. We are talking to Ivelisse. Ivelisse, how are you today? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? Oh, I'm doing real well. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on here with us. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, Ivelisse, you know, one of the things as I was looking through your career, I kind of went back to the beginning. I saw that you were trained by two of the absolute very best in Carlos Colon and, and my buddy, Savio Vega. Tell me a little bit about your beginning. Yeah, um, so it was, I would say it's more like mentored um, because the person who actually trained, trained me when I was in Puerto Rico, like in my beginnings was Kike Cruz. Um, then I did go pretty quickly to the, you know, the TV, uh, uh, the TV department or whatever, you know, from Indy to to TV, uh, pretty quickly. And then there is what, where Savio Vega and Carlos Colon come in because, you know, when I go, when I went in there new, like they were more so like the mentors, uh, especially, uh, Savio Vega. Savio, he's a great man. He really is. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw you started at 15. Is that when you really started? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started training when I was 15, uh, 15 going on 16. And then um, pretty much by the time I was like 16, 17, that's kind of like when I started doing the TV uh, stuff. That's awesome. So you were ready quick, it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a quick question. So everyone knows the the pedigree and the history associated with uh, Savio and, and Carlos Colon and the whole Colon family. Being uh, a native of Puerto Rico, I'm sure you saw them saw and knew who they were before you went to the TV side of things and got all that mentorship. What kind of like, were you starstruck? Was there a lot of pressure to try to work with those guys or how did that, how'd that feel for you? I mean, I've always been the type that I'm like always 100% focused on trying to deliver to the best of my ability. So I try not to let any kind of like starstruck, you know, ness uh, interfere with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that not 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 that much because, like I said, like I'm almost anything that has to do with like wrestling. I'm all, my demeanor is always very military style, like try to do whatever I possibly can, uh, to just deliver the best I can to my ability at that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I would say another time that that was like a similar experience was when I did the tough enough, uh, the WWE tough enough. Sure. I yeah. was trying really, really hard not to let my starstruckness uh, with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
What? It's yeah, we, we would all be in the same, the same boat. <laughs> yeah, you went there, so I'm going to keep going with that. You know, I remember that season, the 2011 Tough Enough. It was kind of like a rebirth for that show. I remember, honestly, I remember you being the odds-on favorite, in my opinion, at that. I remember yeah. it seemed like the guys above you are no longer even in the industry, except, you know, a, a couple of them. Now, do you keep in touch with any of those people from Tough Enough at all? I mean, yeah, the most that I've kept in touch with from the Tough Enough season is uh, Marty and and Matt. Right. Yeah. Now, those guys, you know. It, and they were the ones who came to Lucha Underground afterwards as well. Right, right. Right. Now, I remember, you know, you unfortunately were eliminated not by a person or anything that you did. It was an unfortunate yeah. leg injury. <laughs> How did that feel at that point? Did it feel like everything was kind of stopped or or how how do you feel yeah it was very very mentally crushing for me because i was like my number one goal going into the competition was i wanted to present myself in a way that would like give credibility as a female and like the goal that i've always had since day one in wrestling to push barriers for women's wrestling to bring as much credibility as I can through my work and whatever, um, and, and my, my voice (laughs) and whatever, you know? Um, so when I was actually starting to finally, you know, kind of have that, uh, you know, materialize in the competition, literally having Booker T like say, okay, damn, like I, I dare say, even least it's starting to outshine, not just girls and guys. Like at that point I was like, so on cloud nine, but Quickly after that was when Bill DeMont, when he heard that, you could tell that that bothered him a lot. And he, like, made a random, complete random drill, blow-up drill after the day was over. And that's when the injury happened. So it was, like, really mentally uh, disturbing for me for that to have happened when it, it didn't even need to happen at all. We, we kind of know how that all ended up. So that's okay, I guess. You know, if, <laughs> karma. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of karma. Um, yeah, but people love to say that I just make up stuff, but then when it comes out years later that it was the truth, no uh, one says nothing to me. No one says, oh, my bad, you believe, or like anything like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. uh, you, you read about all that, you see all that, and you're just like, uh... Some people need owed apologies. To this day, too, people don't even acknowledge that truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it blows my mind when you see the list of people that um, came forward and go X, Y, and Z. This all happened, and you're just like, how do you, how do you not address that? That's insane. You know, I, that's just me, but you know. Again, like I said, I don't want to be negative about things. I know, I know, I know. Point, yeah, I'm with you 100 percent though. Um, <laughs> quick question though, you were talking about how you always want to present your voice and give credibility to women's wrestling, and that has um, changed a lot in the level of popularity in the last few mm-hmm. years. Um, some of it due to you know WWE programming. Some of it, I believe, I'm a big fan of the indie circuit. I think a lot of that has. Mm-hmm really step things up and then uh you know other product that's out there right now how did you feel coming into it when you did seeing you know what they did a lot you know uh, it was always it seemed like all the women used especially in WWE was all gimmick stuff it was all hey just look at the pretty girl in the ring kind of thing i mean obviously there's still a few girls in that mix that could go you know like trish and lita and things like that but you know, you obviously, you know, sing the work that I have of yours. You yep. were focused on, I'm a professional wrestler. 
anti- that was first and foremost. I mean, so how did, how did you kind of reconcile that in your head, knowing that this is kind of what the path it was, this is where I want to go with it. Uh, like I said, that's all, that was always my goal since day one, you know, and as you're going like through the business, of course, it's not like my entire journey. I've been able to portray that. I've only been able to only portray that through my work, like consistently throughout the entirety of my career, like in terms of like looks at like in the initial stages. Yes, I did have and had to like kind of go up and down, like, you know, with the whole uh, appeal, you know, as a uh, visual, sure. like, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, trying to, I did have to at first uh, appeal to that, like, first going into WWE, even though that's what I stood for and that's what my voice projected, I still had to, you know, please them in a visual sense enough to at least get that contract. And then when I was there, be able to kind of sway them away from that with the whole anti-diva and what I represented even more. And it still was not popular. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I still got the, the negative side of it to this day. I still have the negative side of it as I keep pushing through those changes. Like after, you know, I left WWE, that's when I said, all right, guns blazing, you know, thank, thank God after WWE, I had the chance uh, in shine to be able to portray that in every way, shape, and form. You know, to work through my through my in ring character to be able to develop it, and it for it to eventually evolve where it would phys- uh, physically, visually fit all of that as well. Uh, sure. it, it was a process. It was a process. It's been quite the journey throughout the entirety of it, and even to this day, still like all the changes that have happened for women's wrestling are more so in just like the evolution of just giving more, like having more time, having more opportunities that uh, there's still a massive way to go in terms of like how women are treated as a whole. Um, I, I, it was like a, a, a big, <laughs> it was a big smack in the face uh, the last two years um, and what I had experienced because sure. like the, the female veterans still don't get the, like, <laughs> like not even a fraction of the credit a male veteran would get still. Uh, yeah. and in many different aspects as well. Um, and that was like, we'll be <laughs> like, you know, wake up call, <laughs> uh, for me, yeah. um, these last two years. And that's kind of what I, the last part that I'm adding to my list of goals to like, try to create change for. And like, I feel like my whole life I've dedicated to all of these things and, it's only fair if I just give it all I got and then tell my, like, you know, I feel like pretty soon I'll, I'll just make that transition, uh, you know, from a, a physical, uh, an active performer to more towards the voice side since mm-hmm. I did all I could with, like, my, with my body, like, to be able to physically perform. I feel like soon I'll just, you know, the, my body's taken enough of a beating and I'll just trans, trans, uh, transcend to the to a different type of contribution still towards those all those goals sure i mean yeah yeah i mean for mm-hmm. you basically throw yourself at the ground for a living eventually that's yeah. going to you know wear on you so um yeah. in the future then do you want to uh coach mentor or would you rather do something where yeah. you almost start your own like you know promotion and and that is focused on the change what do you yeah i, I that's Somehow, some way, I've managed to mentally stay strong enough to be able to to still be in it with, with all of that. And I, I'm I'm technically still doing that. Like at Shine, mm-hmm. I'm 
I'm taking more on that role. Like I'm slowly dipping my feet, you know, and uh, creating groundwork for, for that transition, um, you know, in Shine, Ladies Night Out, uh, and now a new uh, promotion, Ultimate Women's Wrestling, uh, as well. That's, um, those are the three, let's say the three, uh, let's say territories that I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm already uh, creating groundwork uh, or laying groundwork for those, for those transitions. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so to kind of regress a little bit in the conversation, you know, after yeah. you were eliminated by that leg injury, you were signed to a developmental contract in November of that same year. Now it, you yeah. went to FCW and then it transferred to NXT. Tell us a little bit about that time, you know, from when FCW moved from this almost like territory-like developmental area to a truly, you know, building of a current brand. Yeah, I was really excited when that change happened because it was a it was a big change. Um, I really, I, I, I wish I would have been able to be part of that because, like, at that time, uh, literally, we were, we were still being told straight to our faces, women are a bathroom, a, a bathroom break. So I, so I was really looking forward to, to continue to do, you know, and push for like those changes and be part of it. But I wasn't able to be, but I mean, it, I was still happy to see those changes, um, yeah. and, and everything like in NXT, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I, and I respect that. You know, I remember your first TV debut was a win over Paige, and what yeah. I saw in that was the removal of that stigma of these girls are no longer the yeah. bathroom break anymore. You have to start paying attention to these matches, and you know it has gone on to the women now that are headlining events and things like that. But the concern of mine is that there are so many girls that are not seen and heard from. Now, you are a beautiful woman, but you are also a talented woman in the ring. Thank you. But there was the old stigma of there was a beautiful diva, and then there was the more hard-nosed worker that maybe didn't have all the elements of a diva, per se. Where do you see, like with Shine, like you're killing it with Shine. So, you know, after NXT and after the horrible deal with Bill DeMott, you know, Shine yeah. came around Impact. Do you see Shine, I guess, elevating where these women can be beautiful, but they are also amazing workers as well? Yeah, like, I feel like regardless, like, beauty at uh, Shine, to me, was a, a, a very important platform because, like, technically, like, as my career had gone through, through that uh, up until then, like, I was able to, through Shine, be able to have the best like year of my career and like you know uh, show show the world exactly who I was as a performer in every aspect everything right. I was as a as a character right. as a performer everything about me as a performer as a whole and that's how I was able to you know all the matches of the year matches of the night and like all the stuff and like uh, you know debuting uh, seventh and. PWI putting shine on the map and like all this stuff. And like, I am a very firm believer that stuff like that is not just like one person. Like, and what I mean is by like changes and elevating things that have to do with women's wrestling, it's not just one person. Right. I'm just right. saying like, you know, thankfully that year, uh, I was able to do that and have the best year of my career, uh, because I was finally given the chance at right. shine to 
show who I was, but I'm a firm believer that it takes like, you know, it takes a, a group of talented women to create like big changes and like, you know, and the whole revolution stuff and all that stuff. I was looking forward to do it as NXT, but it didn't happen. So, you know, I keep moving forward. So wherever I could, I got that chance was where I wanted to like give it my all, like, and, and, and do all those things. And thankfully at that time was shine. And throughout all the, the time that went on, um, the other place that I had that chance again uh, was Lucha Underground. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I was telling Jimmy, I, when we found out about this opportunity, I went back and started watching Lucha Underground uh, programming again. And I, when it first came out, I, I personally loved it. I loved the let's take it to the next level of storytelling uh, you know, and I think that's what they did there, but then watching your work there, um, you know, was fantastic because you could, I mean, the character obviously was, you were the boss, especially of the, uh, of the trios. Uh, and even then in the beginning, it was a little iffy because here they go and they hire like someone who busted their ass to like go to the top of women's wrestling. And then they started booking me as a, as a manager. That was yeah. really hard. To, that was really hard to like you know, mentally process at first, but eventually, uh, little by little, um, you know, once I was able to start, you know, wrestling and stuff like that, then, then I get injured. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that's, that seems like the, the, the almost, uh, you know, par for the course, you know, that you're going to get to a certain point and like, then all right. of a sudden, you know, click, <laughs> yeah, you go back. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, I, I was watching first season stuff out there and, and watching you go and I'm like, you know, why, why is, why is this performer not getting highlighted more, you know, for, for these avenues? And I, the, I, the unicorn moments that I do, something happens. Yeah, right. Friends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of that, though, how was that? Because I mean, obviously the matches were still in front of a crowd and you, and you got yeah. a match, you know, things, but then with all the extra filming and the extra yeah. setup with story and all that stuff, how was that as far as like, what was the big differences? How did that feel compared to say, you know, shine or FCW NXT early on, yeah. uh, well, you know, anything like that? Yeah, uh, definitely which on the ground, uh, the acting part is the thing that completely is like was a very, very different experience from anywhere, anywhere else at all, still mm -hmm. to this day. Like, anyone who ever wrestled in Lucha Underground and has wrestled anywhere else in terms of pro wrestling, they will still be able to say one thing that separates Lucha Underground from all the other ones was the Hollywood-style acting stuff that was integrated into program. Absolutely. And that was, that was a lot, a lot of fun. Another thing was, since it was, like, very Hollywood-style, they treated us so, so well uh, compared to, like, a lot of, you know, the whole uh, classic <laughs> pro wrestling dilemma of stupid clicky crap it wasn't the cold locker room and the hot dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at least initially eventually because you know politics it always right. like rears that ugly and it just you can't you know uh but at least initially for good for the most part uh it was very away from that and they treated us very very well um and then unfortunately uh it was a hell of a lot more intergender wrestling as a whole instead of like, you know, women separate, you know, woman world and men world. It was 
fun, yeah, to do intergender, but I was I was very looking forward to, you know, being able to wrestle, like for us to have our thing, have our own thing as well. Like, yes, we could still do intergender wrestling, which is fun and all that, but so that we could both, because technically as an integrated as a whole, like we were the perpetual underdogs always at all times. I mean, logically, because man versus woman, you're the perpetual underdog. Um, But it just kind of kept stuck there. So I was really looking forward to when it finally separated, Um, but it it never happened. But still, it was still fun. It was still fun and uh, a lot of good stuff with intergender wrestling. And I'm just like, I'm really, really grateful and thankful for Shine as a platform because it's where I've been able to show who I was, like when I first initially was able to show who I was and what caliber I was of, of a performer I was and also Lucha Underground as well. Those are the two main platforms that I was really, really, truly allowed uh, to like show who I was. And at first it was a little hard as well to kind of introduce who I had already developed, La Sicaria, Idelis La Sicaria, like, like the gang leader right. character right. that mm-hmm. I had already eventually established in, in, in Shine. I wasn't able to initially bring it to the underground because it was so foreign mm-hmm, <laughs> but it took sure. me a while and it wasn't until season four that i was able to like bring her in like fully in and at this point it seems like uh some other people have maybe um emulated uh let's say uh, <laughs> that style let's yeah. let's go with let's go with that let's go with emulated yeah. your style with that <laughs> yeah. um and but yeah you're right it's it was one of those things where um i agree watch from watching that product going okay, here's this, now here's this. It was almost a completely different character. Yeah. yeah. He was in there, somewhere in there. Oh, you but, could, you uh, see. You could see. Fully, yeah, he was in there the whole time, but I wasn't fully able or allowed to bring her out or like, not even that, like, because it was so foreign and mm-hmm. they already had an idea. And actually, I was actually, look at how crazy life is. They, at first, they wanted to bring me in as Cobra Moon. I was going to be Cobra Moon at first. Really? I had to get crazy for that. Huh? That is crazy. And, I, that is and when crazy. I put that, and then I was like, wait, what? So I was like, let me at least try it out. And I tried it out. I'm like, nah, the same me. I worked so hard to be able to develop myself and develop yes. like and this and that. I almost started crying because yeah. I was like, no, I won't be able to. Like, I just worked so hard. Right. And uh, I said, I can't. Like, I can't. And then they're like, all right, fine. And they said, all right, you release it is. And then I slowly <laughs> had to kind of like, I already felt so bad, you know? And I was like, okay, let me let me kind of dab here and there and slowly, uh, tell, you know, slowly have them believe in La Sicaria. So that's why I'm saying she was always there. But she was just kind of like, let me slowly come out, you know? And then once they saw, you know, the not self-proclaimed, because they're the ones who wanted me to be uh that is be in the building sure, uh, you right. know, based on, yeah. based on like my demeanor is why they said that. And I, the more I kept bringing La Sicaria out with my demeanor, the like, the closer I came to like being, okay, Hey, okay, this is me. Can I go out there dressed like this and this, this is how I dress. This is me. This is, you know, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, sure. 
fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, that's what I wanted to do. And then, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So let me ask you real quick. I know you went through the TNA gut check. A lot of my friends who, who were in the industry went through those TNA gut checks. Tell me, though, about not, not the gut check. I know that's kind of a watered down to tough enough. But tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about the Aces and Eights faction. Well, that was really out of nowhere. I, I, I have no idea how or why. So I don't have a clue, like, how or why. I guess, like, after the the whole um, the gut check thing, I don't know if maybe my demeanor made them think that I fit, you know, the role or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, so that came out of nowhere after the whole gut check thing uh, because they, after the gut check and the knockout knockdown pay-per-view was the world cup pay-per-view and like right. i said like i had no i it had not been mentioned once whatsoever anything about aces and eights to me it was so out of nowhere to to like fulfill that out of nowhere that but at the same time i was like hell yeah like you know right. and i get like i said i feel like maybe my demeanor regardless if i wasn't necessarily dressed like it for whatever the work i did my demeanor, I guess, was what kind of said, okay, she could fit in it or whatever. Um, yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I would have liked to have, you know, continued to fulfill that role, but it, it sure. didn't happen. Yeah, okay. I know it, it seemed like a not my strong suit whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a, a no-brainer though when you if you sit back and look mm-hmm. at it on paper, Aces and Eights mm-hmm. and Gangster Evil East. I mean, of course, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Put them together, type yeah. of thing like that. Yeah, Again, for sure. Politics is not my strong suit, so yeah. Well, you know, and that's hopefully what one of these days that'll change. Yeah, unfortunately. Well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I just go out, I just go somewhere and I'm just there to execute to the best of my ability and go home. So right. that's why politics is not my strong suit. That should be something that almost should be a constant in the world, honestly, is just do your right? thing and don't right? kiss somebody's ass. And and, and if <laughs> yeah. you do kiss somebody's right? ass, it's only because you want to kiss their ass and not because you have mm-hmm. to. You yeah. know, these kinds of things are, should be just golden rule lessons in the world. So maybe that's mm-hmm. where you belong. Maybe you belong as president. Maybe you uh, <laughs> should be in the true politics. <laughs> yeah, hey, first female president. There you I go. I like that. that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I would vote for you. Come on. So... <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here again and continue the excellent conversation with Evil East here on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and Triple not only that, Frank, but you will find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So, please join us at the Monster Movie Stop Down. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy. And Frank.
Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. <laughs> you know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't lay eggs, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. All right, enough of those commercials. Now back to the interview with Ivelisse here on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Let me do a quick comparison. Give me yeah. a comparison of NXT and Impact. How would you compare the two? You mean my experiences? Right, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, in terms of like, because the thing is, I wasn't very long in either. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, uh, let me see how I compare the two. <laughs> uh, one was in Florida, one was n- not. <laughs> no, they both. Well, no. they oh, both that's right. Yeah they, were, yeah, they both were at that point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Never mind. Not very long, both in Florida. Um, <laughs> I would say, I don't know. There's like no way sure. to put them together. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean, yeah. It, so it sounds like. Is it fair to say that, like you said, Shine has maybe been your favorite promotion to work in because you've been given the platform to do you? It's like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's the place where I've had the least amount of, like, worry of politics because, I, like I said, I'm very military style. I go, I try to execute the best of my ability, go home. So, like, that's where it's fit the most. Um, yeah. I don't know, I guess because the owners is ex-military, I guess. So I don't know. We're like in the same page when I, well, yeah. I where do you get that? Where do you get that from? Was your, was your family a military family? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, that's just like my demeanor. Well, I mean, I guess, because I guess if you say it like where I come from, it's a very doggy dog world. So, okay. I mean, I mean, I guess that has to do with it kind of like, you know, if you're in the streets, you're a soldier as well. Like sure. you got yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. I guess that would be. No, that makes you know, that makes total sense. Because it's like it's obvious, like the street side, but like I can't be talking about being like a street demeanor, you know? Because it's <laughs> yeah, like, well, no, I get you. But it's yeah. literally the same. If you think about it, like you got to be a soldier. Right. Yeah. No, that right. may, no, I get a hundred percent where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So like. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be the one to ask this. I think Dan's going to make me ask it because we have you on here. We may not ever have another. I, I hope we have a million Lucha Underground. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about those. They're contracts. trying to revive it in MLW, but they don't have oh. no like barely anybody from Lucha Underground. Right, right. I, I saw that. Yeah. So tell us about those contracts, because when I heard about that, 
it was mind blowing to me, especially in the first years, it seemed probably okay. But then when they stop running, uh, I'm not, I can't, I won't really yeah. discuss much about the contract part. Fair. Yeah. How, wait, uh, let me ask you this at least. Obviously, uh, difficult dealing yeah. with it because, you know, what's already known. You know, but, that part had to be super frustrating that you're just sitting there going, yeah. I'm losing time. You only have a finite amount of time to do this career yeah. and you're losing that time. That's gotta be frustrating. I mean, just off the record, that's gotta really be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. you on that. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to bring up something that you don't. <laughs> talk about. Okay, so a lot of people have come out of Lucha underground, but some of the people that I've really enjoyed actually came out of impact some of you know there's some also some proud puerto ricans making waves right now with santana ortiz tell me about some of those wrestlers that yeah, that's a really very know. uh that's a very strong trait in all yeah, puerto Ricans. right yeah you guys are really built you are like built for this industry you are made to be amazing pro wrestlers i think <laughs> is it in the water Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's in the water. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, like, I, I think I'm what you were saying, like, to, like, be more proud than I already am. No, no, I feel like, that's what I well, like, yeah, like Santana Ortiz, they're mo- the moniker proud and powerful. Very, yeah. that seems like that's very across the board for any Puerto Rican or even, you know, Latina, Latino community. Very strong uh, trait. Would you say this then, in your experience, is there a chance that another Lucha Underground could exist and be run correctly? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, you can only hope, right? Right. I can only hope, but I think it's a very far stretch, but one can only hope, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Can I I ask you a non-wrestling question? Yeah. Okay, so... (laughs) Non-wrestling, uh, out of the realm of, of professional wrestling, like, what do you do for fun? What do you, what do you like to do when you're not wrestling? <laughs> what do I like to do? Yeah, I yeah, like, like to, yeah. I like to go to the movies. Uh, I like to go to the beach. But do I get to do any of that? Nope, because I'm hustling yeah. 24-7. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and that's oh, another yeah. trait is the grind, right? You guys, I oh, tell you. Yeah. You know, it's y'all second are, nature, especially because yeah. this is the thing, though. At least, like specifically for me too. Like, I came here by myself. I've been like grinding by myself for my for everything. For I've been grinding my whole my whole life by myself to further my career, to build my brand, to everything, 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 everything. And um, as a woman, it's like and a minority it's like three times hard so like that grind filters day and stop and it is frustrating but uh that 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 perseverance is just second nature and that's what's kept me that's what's brought me this far so right i, I well, just cling to that to that belief that it will pay off there's just there's just no way it can't, you know? It has to, right? I'm it with has you. To. Yep. And we are 100% pulling for you on that. You know, Nick from Captain's Corner, he sent me a message and he said, hey, would you like to interview Ivalice? I replied to him, <laughs> yes, immediately. And then I sent it to Dan. Dan was like, yes, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we were excited to talk with you. You know, one of the things, that, you know, we like to do is our show is called Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And essentially the idea behind that is mm-hmm. we 
want to essentially uh, weed out what it's turned into, and we want to just bring about mm-hmm. the true pro wrestling. And nice. you are a beautiful example of that, being that you are an amazing pro wrestler. Now, you've been put in elements that you've had to sports entertain, but tell me this. What does pro wrestling mean to you? Hmm. Well, yeah, pro wrestling, not politics. <laughs> Right. Not the stupid popularity that a lot of people do it for. Um, right. It's right. just, exactly. it's just. I, I love, I love the art form more than anything. Like the craft, the art form. Not just because I love doing it, and it's like the best of two worlds that are awesome. You know, athletics and entertainment. But it's also my escape too. Like as a human, as a person, it's also my escape. Like from all my. The thing, all the experiences that I have dealt with and everything like that, it is also my escape. So I guess it's kind of a win-win in terms of, uh, you know, it's an escape for the people watching. It's an escape for me, too. It's like, aside from it being my, my life, pretty much, because I've been doing it my whole life, and dedicating myself to develop myself to be the best uh, I possibly can within it, Um because it's my craft and what I love. It's also like my biggest escape as well from my personal pain or whatever, which a lot of other people uh, experience watching it as a escape as well. So absolutely 100%. You know, I, I'll be the first to admit that, um, you know, as a, as a younger kid, I uh, didn't have a lot of friends sometimes and didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, um, my father wasn't around a whole lot. So I gravitated to watching professional wrestling and watching. Wrestling, me being dedicated into wrestling has, has, has kept me away from a lot of negative things. Sure. Sure. That's good because, That's, I mean, it, you had something to drive towards. You didn't wanna, you, yeah, you didn't want to <laughs> screw that up, you know, wrestling up by doing something dumb or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So is that why you started at 15? Is that part of the reason? Uh, I'd say the two big factors I just mentioned are, are the tornado that, that has kept me in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And I guess, years. sorry, and I guess because I'm super, uh, I'm super ambitious as a person, I guess that's like the little cherry on top. I'm very, very ambitious. So I guess that will yeah. also explain why I started so early too. Cause in my mind it's like, well, the sooner you start working, the, the sooner the payoff and the bigger the payoff, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. So, yeah, I wanted you to be able to finish answering that. So you you stop us at any time. But one thing I was yeah. just curious about is where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Uh, I kind of like sometimes don't even like to even try to formulate that because, oh, my sure. God, the things that have happened along my journey, it's like it's too much of a mental uh, crash to put my hopes up too much for certain things um, because like in a split second, it all crumbles down um, whether it be due to injury or being screwed over or whatever. So like, I just take it at this point, I just take it one day at a time, one year at a time and wherever wherever I'm at, I know it's going to be, I just know it's going to be higher because I'm just, that focus of always improving will never go away. So whatever that is, however that looks like, as long as I'm healthy mentally and physically, I'm, I'll be happy that I'm that I that I'm 
that I've progressed wherever that is and however that looks like. <laughs> as long as it's progression, awesome. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll keep going forward. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, come back and talk to us then. <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, All right. Here's my advice. Here's yeah. my one year checkup, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So one one of my questions is now that women are, and we kind of touched on this. So if I'm repeating myself, but now that women are headlining these events and things like that, do mm-hmm. you see that it's starting to happen now, and and it's really going to be there? Or do you feel like there's so many more things that have to happen before? Because I remember growing up in the 80s, you know, it was like uh, little people would wrestle and two ladies would wrestle. That was the most of the shows, you know? And so would you say now that you could essentially in the future see an entire show of women with one card with men and one, you know, other card with something else? I mean, do you see that 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 turn can happen? I'm sure, I'm sure it can at one point, I'm sure it will happen at some point. Um, but, uh, and like I, and like I just mentioned, like there, there's definitely been, you know, some progression. There's definitely, you know, like I said, but it's more geared towards hiring more women or giving more opportunities, you know, for more, uh, more time, you know, in you know, sure. and stuff like that. Or like, those are the changes that have happened. There's still, major major changes like in a fundamental way that need to happen and it's in the way that that you deal with women and like the way you give credit to women and like it's more on the backstage stuff that like the pillar stuff that we're still really really far behind yeah yeah i i I get your point it's it's um some of it is kind of lip service at this point does that make sense? Like it seems like it's out in front, but there's still. Clearly, you know, it's clearly still, you know, in transition. But in a way, it kind of still is a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or a lot of it. Do you? I mean, one of the things that make me question it, and I'm not knocking any of the male agents or or producers that are working with the women, but it's that Mm -hmm. it's a male agent working with those women. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many Mm -hmm. quality women wrestlers that are past a little bit retirement age and why aren't they working with those women you know yeah Yeah. like just like you said not to take anything away at all in any way shape or form to the male agents but there's just certain things that as a man there's no way in hell you'd be able to relate to (laughs) exactly or know about females or whatever or you've never worked with the actual abundance of females so you don't know what they're like just so many different things that the Mm -hmm. the the guys like it's two different like you know what i mean like yeah yeah i mean we're different we're completely we're we're very we're very different so why you know i you know like for my my wife for example i can't go and go oh x y and z because she goes looks at me goes you're a dude how do you you know this that doesn't work you know kind of thing so women you know and don't get me wrong like you said there's been some men out there that i've heard uh, you know that have been very good working with the women's side of things Mm -hmm. but at the same time and it not to mention that but also Hey, you know, an agent position may be cool. Why can't she get this opportunity or why can't she go over here and do this? Why is it always got to be the guy telling yep. you how to do that? You know, yep. so, <laughs> so, hey, I'm, I'm with you. I understand. 
Yeah. yeah. And plus we're mostly just idiots. Men are. So yeah, we're, we're um, don't tell. I mean, <laughs> you know, so I get it. I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> She's like, nope, 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 no. I, I respect that. I respect I just, that. Yep. I will say that I have no problem addressing if I feel I'm being devalued or de- demeaned by sure. a man. And that is definitely misconstrued or looked at like negatively or whatever. Yeah, you're right. And that's yeah. across, the, that's across the board. That doesn't matter what industry or, or walk of life you're in. Yeah. That just right. happens. Yep. You're right. Correct. Right. It's got to be fixed for sure. Tell me something funny uh, from your time with Stone Cold. Did you get any time to really chat one-on-one with him at all? Or was it mostly yeah. a hosting gig? Not really. No. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you said you had some time with Booker T a little one-on-one with him and how was no, no, it wasn't because all we all we were doing was filming and just going through the competition. We didn't really okay, have okay. a lot. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I okay. went, uh, what I what I mentioned before the whole thing of Booker T was actually at the end of that uh, that film day um, for the training part and whatever else we had filmed before that. Uh, yeah. That was during the filming of like them closing out the the training day. Like that's okay. what he gotcha. was closing out with. The training day. Okay. It wasn't no cool. one. How yeah. grueling okay, were those shoot days for that? Like, did you guys start at <laughs> yeah, did you start at six? And <laughs> unimaginable. Oh, I could. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, wrestling training can be tough enough, no pun intended, but as it is. But then they throw all the filming and stuff on top of that. That's no thanks. I'm good. I'll just do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You seemed pretty well trained when you came in, too. That was the cool part, I think. Yeah, like when it came to jumping up, like the in ring stuff was like a no brainer, but all the like all the challenges, because remember, they're just they're going to obviously overdo it for the sake of the show. Like they want to break you and physically and this and that, you know, and like all this stuff, but like. It, it's it's like so overboard, so overboard in terms of like what you're required to do or like be in the ring, obviously. Mm. Right. Uh, so right. that's why I had a hard time with the outside, uh, the outside challenges like that were meant to like just break your body. <laughs> sure, sure, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that makes sense. But the in ring stuff yes. was the uh, key. Yeah. So tell us, uh, you know. Tell us where people can find you right now. Facebook, all that social media stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, although the cesspool of Twitter is just... <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, uh, at Real Ivelisse, and on IG, that's where I like to spend uh, my time. Okay. Uh, uh, on, I, on Instagram, it's uh, at Ivelisse Velez. Okay. Are you, uh, are you taking, uh, any kind of independent bookings? Do you have a place for people to reach you there if you need, if they want to, uh, if they want to reach me for any kind of inquiry is, uh, my email that's I bookings at gmail.com. Awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Hey, yeah. you know what? Thanks so much for coming on here. It was a blast to, to get to talk to you. And, uh, it, it was, I think it's going to be awesome for listeners to hear, you know, a little bit about your journey and and what your goals are 
as far as like a legacy to leave behind. Everyone sees the stuff on screen. Everyone's like, oh, we know who that is, but you don't, you know what I mean? You don't know, you know, we don't know you. We don't know where you're going and what you want to leave as a legacy in this, in this awesome profession. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and kind of sharing that with us. No, thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you even, you know, wanting to hear that personal side and putting the emphasis on the, what you had explained of what it means to bring back pro wrestling, because I feel yeah. a lot of people just lose sight of that 99.9% of the time. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you bringing me in. Oh, no well, problem. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just how drunk are we going to get? Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Have you ever wondered why older horror movies trigger such nostalgic feelings with us? Or have you ever wanted a podcast that shines a light on newer horror movies that carry a banner like movies of old? Or even puts focus on independent creators? Or maybe you just want to listen to two guys who are big advocates of werewolves getting normal everyday jobs. Ooh, they're kind of like me. (laughs) If you're anything like us, you've probably said, give me back my horror. If you have, then Nate, Charlie, and Nate's insatiable bloodlust have just the podcast for you. Give me back my horror movies. And seeing as we have a spooky podcast of our own, we know a thing or two about horror. And I know you hear me when I say these guys keep it spooky. And after you've gotten your horror fix from Nate and Charlie, come check out our podcast brought to you by Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. Tales from the Haunt and I Know You Hear Me. Available wherever you get your podcast. (laughs) Stay spooky. All right, Jimmy. Well, now that we're back proper after today's big special interview show, yeah. What yeah. do you uh what do you got to say, man? What do you got to say for all that? Wow, she is so passionate. Um honestly, you can hear the frustration in her voice. Yeah. You know, she is so passionate about this sport and honestly, I loved it when she popped whenever I said we are called give me back my pro wrestling because she was like, yes, I love that. Cause you know, she gets it because, you know, honestly, she may be like one of the images of give me back my pro wrestling, because this lady has been in situations where she would not sell herself out just to survive at a place. She stuck by her guns. And honestly, maybe that ended up, you know, putting her in a bad position but right right with a career sure right but honestly i love her passion it was so impressive to me how much she cared you know yeah yeah and you know what it wasn't just that too it was the the fact that she knows 
she knows what type of mark she wants to leave. Right. And she doesn't want to, like you said, kind of sell out her morals of who she is for anyone. She wants to make sure that at the end of the day, she has to see herself in the mirror. She knows what she's about. And I, I appreciate that quite a bit. The older I get, as a matter of fact, the older I get, the more I go, you know, what? I'm just not going to put up with this crap anymore here. And I agree. You know, so it's, it's me too. Yeah. It was fabulous to hear from her. Uh, wish her all the best and success coming up. Um, like we said, open invite to come onto the show whenever she would like, just let us know, reach out. Um, Absolutely. So, Awesome. Awesome interview. Um, Again, so again, we want to thank Captain's Corner for setting us up with this Ivalice interview. The virtual signing for them is actually tomorrow night uh, at 9 p.m., I believe it is. Um, Yep, exactly. Okay, so jump on there. The link and everything will be in the show notes. We'll be uh, with everything. Get in there. Get any of your autographs signed, anything you need. Just get on there with the virtual signing and make sure that you follow all of Captain's Corner's socials as well so that you don't ever miss an opportunity to yeah. get a virtual signing from a professional wrestler that is, that's someone you really you know want to get that autograph from. I guarantee he's going to have them too. As soon as you think, okay, my wrestler's never going to come on there, I guarantee you'll see him. That's just how Nick is. He is a that, that's fabulous. Because yeah, I, you know what? I, maybe I'll start a autograph collection of some. Hey, hey, hey! You know that's a great idea, man. <laughs> I, well, I know. Well, there's some that I'd like to have that are no longer with us, but uh, there right. are some that are. Right. And um, actually, you know what? You know what? I may start doing. Maybe I'll start collecting autographs from people we've had on the show. I love it. Yeah, it's a good idea. I would like to do that with action figures too, but they don't have them yet. But we'll make that happen. So. That's true. There's a couple that we don't have yet. That's true. <laughs> so I know. Can we interview someone who's got an action figure? How about okay? You know what? Reach out to the Rock. Get Dwayne okay. on the show. He's got yeah, a couple Dwayne. figures. I think he owes me a favor anyway. Right. That, uh, well, that let's see. I got a Piper figure here and a Penta. Oh man, I, hey Penta, I don't, come I, on, I, baby! I don't speak that much Spanish, so I don't know if the Penta would do real well. Well, but. the Cerro Mier, what is it? Mierdo, yeah, Mierdo, Cerro yeah. Mierdo, yes, zero fear. Yeah. That's I all he that. says, isn't it? That's all he says. Uh, he can <laughs> say a few kidding. things, but kidding. yeah, he 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 screams out a lot. Yes, and, and of course now the uh, Penta Obscuro character right. is, is pretty awesome. Big oh fan. yeah. Very cool. Very dark. I love it. Yeah. I like it. Yes. He, yeah. He's he's very evil. Not very nice. Mostly no. just evil. Mostly just evil. <laughs> Mostly just evil. Yes. So. All right, Jimmy. Well, everyone, I want to express my thanks for listening. The uh, first few episodes of this show have really taken off and we've got a, a, a lot of good listeners on there. But make sure that you jump in the Facebook group and interact with us there, too. We want you to be part of this show. And the best way to do that is to get interactive with us, contact us through our socials. uh, And, and, you know, maybe there's someone you want to hear from. We can maybe reach out and help that happen. Or there's questions that you have or things you want us to cover. That's a perfect way to do it. Also, make sure that you engage in that super click party and start clicking those likes and those follows and those subscriptions and share it out to everybody. Make sure that if you like the show, throw it to them so they can like the show and then the next people can like the show and we can be kind of like the NWO. We can take over. Right. Yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah. Tell a stranger. That's the old gimmick, right? Um, It is. We are officially GMBMPW at every 
social media platform except for YouTube. YouTube, you have to go on there and search Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. The cool thing is on YouTube, if you don't have a podcast catcher that you like, if you don't have Apple or Google or Spotify, I am posting all of our podcasts on YouTube. So there may come a day that you'll see extra material on YouTube that mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to miss. I am saying this. Our doors are wide open right now as far as planning. We are planning different things all the time. So you may see a video on there that isn't tied directly to the podcast that we're releasing. You may see something, Dan, you know, showing off his amazing sexiness, you know, maybe the Dan is just going to show his muscles or something, you know, on the YouTube page. Have is you that behind your mind? Have, have you lost your mind? Is that behind a paywall? I forgot. That might be behind a big paywall. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? That look was hilarious. If they could see that look, it was great. So anyway, yeah, well. the YouTube is not GMB and PW yet, but once we get enough of you clicking likes and loving and subscribing, it will. So eventually we'll all be GMB and PW, which is just give me back my pro wrestling, but go to Facebook. We thank you so much for following and interacting on there. But Cameron, bro, what's up? Okay. Hey, okay. Uh, Cameron. You, if you want to, uh, I've done a show with Cameron. I've done an episode with him yet. It hasn't come out yet. Okay. I did Cameron. I like the way he works. I like the way his brain works. Cameron, pro tip. If you're going to put stuff in the pro wrestling uh, group that is action <laughs> movie based, do stuff like Ready to Rumble, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, uh, things of that nature that kind of makes a little, you know, uh, Mad Max because of Nathan I Jones. Think- I think he mixed them up, bro. I think he did. I'm not knocking Cameron. Got nothing against the kid. No, no, I like Cameron. He's 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 a good hand. Yeah, nothing nothing against him. But bro, <laughs> I think you clicked the wrong box. Now, if you did it on purpose just to start something like a conversation, I respect that. <laughs> but I was like, bro, four of them at six a.m. and I'm up at six a.m. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah. There's a time difference and a job difference and everything else. So I woke up that morning too, and I looked. Looking. I went, "The hell's Cameron on now?" All right, <laughs> what's he on about? <laughs> And I'm going to say this as as one of the three admins on the page. I did remove a couple of them. So no, no hatred, Cam. They just didn't make sense, brother. I like your style. Let's just go with that. So anyway, thank you for being interactive on the page. That's immediately important. You know, we've got a lot of people on there that are got some that aren't. And I understand it's maybe just not your style to do that on Facebook, but like something. Watch it, look at it, enjoy it. That's the important part. You know something else that would be cool? For all of you out there, and you're all over the country, and yeah. some in a different country, as a matter of fact, we've learned, if you go to a independent show, any yeah. type of independent pro wrestling show, yes, of course, make sure it's okay. Take a picture or whatever of some of the, the, the professional wrestlers, the setup, Talk to them, do something, get a thumbs up, do something, and throw that in the page. Let us know where you're enjoying pro wrestling. I love that. The Dan has come up with an incredible idea. The Dan is the man. (sighs) Think about that. I don't know. I don't think Becky will let me use the man moniker. You're the Dan. We give it yourself also the man. Well, the Dan is the man, but to be the man, you've got to beat the Dan. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, yeah. I might be able to Woo! at this point. He's he's older now. I might be able to. I nah, mean, I he's car shield, blue chew, whatever, you know. I, I would like to have some of that drip, though. 
Oh, bro. That Ric Flair you know. drip, yo. Ric Flair drip, go woo on a bitch. 5790, spit the coupe on my wrist. Multi-million dollar, I'm a fool with the hits. Hop up in the lemon, drop the roof, show the tits. Ric Flair drip is is the constant, and and that's my goal in life is to have Ric Flair drip. Ric Flair drip, yeah. and you know what? Let's finish off the show with one more bit of pro wrestling, modern pro wrestling news, and let's go the opposite direction of the beginning bad news, and let's go with the fact that AEW had a debut of Swerve, yeah, Swerve, and there was this other guy, mostly been in tag teams. He showed up. Um, oh yeah, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah, I love it. And, what and a great guy. they got their music. <laughs> I know got their music. <laughs> Tony Tony Khan's a gangster. <laughs> I th- I think Vince effed up and forgot to have someone yeah. sign off on that one. <laughs> Tony Khan's a gangster. I'm telling you, he is a oh, gangster. Man. I was so happy. I love I, it. As soon as I heard that music, I was so great. So anyway. I was like, "Are you joking? He just gangstered the gangster. I mean, he he has the music. I was like, "Wait a second, is that their music are you so good man what so good <laughs> so yeah that was good that was good news and i i'm glad to see the hardy boys in the same promotion again that's yeah. awesome yeah you know so all right well that i think that about wraps it up for this episode we will be back next week because of the the scheduling on all this and yeah. we will drop another new episode of give me back my pro wrestling for yeah. myself uh for now the dan i don't know man it's i don't know the if it's dan. really working we got okay. dan housing we got the i don't know if it's working Ooh, yeah see I see i have to go up with something different that way if we do interviews view me he can't just go oh dan housing no i Vinny. it wouldn't work Vinny the dan housing yeah it just wouldn't work so okay. uh, but for me and for the professor jimmy bad street thanks for listening to another episode jimmy Go to the podcast page. Go support Give Me Back My Podcast Network and fight forever. With a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.